it's important to have different people to do the different things that need to be done because one person can't do everything. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello. My name is Ellie Dodds and I am co-presenter, and today Jo is interviewing Ingrid Thompson. Jo and Ingrid met because Jo saw that Ingrid was looking for guests for her podcast, and when they had a brilliant chat on that, Jo immediately asked Ingrid to join us on ours. Ingrid is the founder of Healthy Numbers, a company that provides business education and financial acumen training designed for small business owners. She is the author of the book, So You Want to Start a Business?, Ingrid also hosts the extremely successful and popular podcast with the same name, So You Want to Start a Business, where she interviews business owners and entrepreneurs to share their business startup stories. Ingrid is passionate about helping people make good decisions in business and in life. After a successful corporate career, Ingrid has spent almost 20 years working with small and family business owners, educating, guiding and supporting them to run and grow their businesses. Small business owners are extremely good at what they do and yet most have never been taught much about how to actually run and grow a business. Ingrid loves good food and good conversation. She lives in Sydney with her partner and their four cats. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Ingrid Thompson of Healthy Numbers. Welcome Ingrid, great to have you with me. Thanks Jo, thanks so much for um, inviting me on and hello listeners. This is a bit of a, a sort of um, return go here, isn't it? Because I was on your podcast, or rather we did an interview. I don't know when I'll be on it, but in relation to when this one goes out. But uh, we did an interview a few weeks ago. So uh, so we're, we feel like we're in the middle of a, a long conversation, don't we? We certainly do. And we had such fun. And we decided that it was a good idea for us to have a reciprocal. And I reckon by the time yours comes out, this will come out and we'll all be mutually podcasting. So fantastic. Lovely, excellent. So start by telling us who you are, what you do and where you do it. So I'm actually based in Sydney, but I work pretty much anywhere in the world um, because of this gorgeous technology we have. And I work with health professionals and fitness professionals to help them grow and build their business. Lovely. And um, Sydney... um, it's not going too well on the weather front at the moment, is it? We're having a bit of a discussion because you've had like, I don't know, talk about acts of God. You've had like the lot, haven't you? And we're having snow at this end, but you say it's really hot there today. It's, it's beastly hot. And we had a weekend of torrential monsoonal rain, which February can do very easily. And then the minute it stops raining, it is humid. And literally 
you can watch the grass grow. And in fact, if you listen really carefully, you can hear it grow because we go from having this torrential rain, the sun comes out and it's just the most magnificent thing, but all the moisture comes off the ground and it feels incredibly humid. Um, and as you say, we've had a pretty torrid couple of months with bushfires, but apparently the rain has put out every bushfire. So the country's had a bit of a battering in the last few months and that, you know, the Australian um, mateship and we, we pull together really well. I think we're in for a pretty tough year, but there's a strong, strong feeling that we can do this together. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so good to hear that the, the fires have gone all the all bit that you're feeling a bit <laughs> challenged. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so your business, when I often talk to my podcast guests and, and sort of talk about the fact that I can't imagine that they, they, they planned to do this when they were at school because either the um, the sort of business opportunity didn't exist in the case of people who teach blogging or whatever. Um, but I guess the other... The other um, reason that quite often that's the case is because what you're doing is something that requires your own experience in order to help other people so I don't suppose you you left school planning to to set up healthy numbers no no I certainly, I certainly didn't but you know it's an interesting it's funny you know and it's such a cliche that you know um that Steve Jobs said we joined the dots backwards but you know if I go back through you know I tutored people in high school in maths so I've always been good at numbers um, you know I when I was very first started work I worked in a hotel and I was in, responsible for food costing I was responsible for labor costing and I, I showed the senior managers how to calculate the costs involved in running their part of the business so you know it, it's interesting how and that's effectively what I do now is I, I show business owners what the story is that the numbers tell them. And so there's a lot to be examined in numbers. There's a lot to be understood in numbers. And when we have healthy numbers, whether that's the number of leads we have, whether that's the conversion, whether that's the profit, whether that's the revenue, it's all done by numbers. Um, so, it, you know, like it's, while that wasn't what I thought I was going to do, I thought I might be a maths teacher or at one stage I thought I might um, teach science. I had that sort of background, like it was very much that sort of maths, physics, science background. When I was at school, I went into accounting because I thought that was where numbers would do what they had to do, line up, add up, you know, it was reliable. Um, and then I moved into training and development and that's when I realised that there's just so much to do with transfer of knowledge if I go back with that I was a girl guide I was a girl guide leader I was a big sister in the YWCA big sister big brother program so there's there's a lot of continuity through what I did to get me to where I am now yes yeah interesting as you say and it is that sort of joining the dots piece so I guess in some cases it doesn't feel a straighter line but actually they they are all connected so, mm. so you, you work internationally through technology. Again, that's not something you would have done sort of back in the day. How did the, the, the actual, the, the, the shape of the business as it is today, how did that bit come around about? Well, I was, I had been an accountant in the corporate world and then I moved into training and development and then there was this, at the sort of turn of the century, the 2000s, early 2000s, there was a, a 
I don't know what happened. I think there was some kind of slump or there was some kind of economic thing. And anyway, I was made redundant from a, a company and I thought, oh, what am I going to do now? So I, I was actually studying for my master's and I thought I would get a part-time job while I did that. But in the meantime, a friend of mine said, um, do you want to come and help us with our bookkeeping? And I said, bookkeeping? It's forever since I did any bookkeeping. And that's when I discovered small business. I mean, I must have been aware that there were small businesses, but because I had been employed by some of the biggest corporations in Australia, you know, banks, insurance company, um, the airline, I, these were big companies with thousands of people. And here was this little company with three people working in it, um, come and do my bookkeeping. And I thought, wow, this is quite amazing. So one thing led to another and somebody told somebody else and I went to a networking event and somebody said, oh, is that what you do? Can you come and do it for us? So I spent two or three years kind of bumbling around just helping small businesses do what none of them really could do, but what I knew how to do from my corporate world in terms of systems and processes and bank reconciliations and getting the numbers in order and getting people's finances up to date. And yeah, so that's how I sort of got into what I do. And then that morphed into coaching, it morphed into training, it morphed into what I do now, which is helping people in that health and well-being space because I think fitness professionals and health professionals are incredibly good at what they do but nobody has ever taught them how to run a business and so a few years ago I was working with people wanting to start a business and I wrote a book called So You Want to Start a Business specifically for people who wanted to get into business and just didn't know what was involved so you know it's both sides of that it's like getting started and then once you get started how to make it how to grow it and build it into something that's more than just self-employment because there's a difference between being in a business and being self-employed mm. yes absolutely and interesting that you focus on a particular sector i was having a conversation with one of my members a couple of weeks ago about being really clear about the the uh, you know the niche or the target market the the specific people that you work with and, and can help and it was the typical discussion about, oh, I don't want to cut people out. Oh, and I could help those people. And, and you know, it was a real back and forth of, yeah, I know that. And, you know, we don't want to sort of narrow things because we think that's going to cut the business down. And often narrowing it, in fact, mostly narrowing it actually expands the business because you become that go-to person. What was your experience in, in going for a towards a particular niche? That has been a very, very difficult journey, Joe. I would have to say it, um, I, you know, when anybody wanted help, I just responded to what they needed. But I had a pivotal moment in my um, business, self-employment, you know, what I have is that in the same 24 hours, three of my ardent supporters said to me, Ingrid, we do not know what you do. My, my sister, who would do anything to help me, her husband said to her, what's Ingrid doing these days? And she said, mm, don't really know. Um, my best friend said, Ingrid, I would do anything to support you with what you're trying to do. But she says, I really cannot get a grip on what it is you do. And a very good friend of mine who I met completely randomly at a networking event, actually you and I were talking about it before we came on air, um, you know, nearly 20 years ago now, she said, Ingrid, I would send people your way, but I don't know who you look after and I don't know what you do. So I really thought to myself, you know, here's me thinking I'm sending my message out to the world, but it was such a diluted 
I can help anybody kind of message that the three people who would do anything to help me couldn't because I wasn't clear enough about what I did. So I really took a good look at who were the clients that I most liked working with, who are the ones I got the best results for, and what are my values and what do I stand for in the world? And health and well-being and, you know, nurturing the planet, nurturing ourselves, nurturing our relationships, all of this is so important to me and to the people that I work with. And so that kind of boiled it down to health professionals and fitness professionals and I do work a lot with the Pilates industry I'm very familiar with that industry and the more familiar I get with the particular industry the better I am able to help them because you know I just had a conversation with someone yesterday and she said Ingrid you you seem to understand the Pilates industry it, it looks like you know the work that you've done with other people I trust you now, for someone to say that I've never met before in the first phone call that I have with them, I trust you because I've been following you for two years and here's what I hear you say. That, that's why we choose a niche. That's such a great story, great mm. example. And um, I'm sure Jackie will be listening. <laughs> Albeit she has moved hers on since we spoke, but um, that's really helpful. So, so that happened how did it then pan out? Because making that decision is one thing, carrying it through when other people still want to work with you that aren't in your niche is the challenge, I would suggest. <laughs> I still work with it. So, well, I guess the thing is, though, you know, then now today there are business educators, business mentors, business coaches, because I work in that space. And again, there's some lack of clarity. You know, am I an educator or am I a coach? You know, um, if a hairdresser came to me, I don't know a lot about hairdressing. I mean, I, I know that Business 101 says, you know, money in, money out. The difference is profit. Um, but I don't know a lot of the details of hairdressing. So I could certainly add some value to somebody who is a hairdresser. That said, there are probably specific hairdresser business coaches who could actually help that person in a more specific way. And mm. I think I'm a bit unique when it comes to coaching because I don't believe in having somebody in a relationship of a coaching business relationship for a really long period of time. Most of the people who come to work with me are super smart and they need a certain amount of help and then they need set on their way. So the hairdresser, I can probably add value for maybe three sessions, maybe five sessions or six sessions and then if they have other specific hairdresser or hairdressing mentor, you know, how to deal with their specific clients, how to talk to their people, more specifically in a hairdresser sense, then they would be better off with a hairdresser coach. Mm -hmm. When it comes to business 101, I can certainly help them with that. So does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. So tell us about how you work with your clients in terms of what your days look like. And, you know, you've talked already about working using technology with people all across the world. And I guess that's partly a time zone thing, as we've discovered <laughs> with ourselves this morning. <laughs> Yes, I have, have to say that the UK is not and that sort of part of Europe isn't so ideal because um, I'm not really a nighttime person. Um, 
the US is marvelous and at the moment the US is particularly easy because our afternoon our morning is their afternoon and there's a huge window of overlap so yeah. I have clients that I coach in my morning and it's their afternoon or or, or even into their early evening depending on which part of America they're in um, so there's, there's that's a very easy I have clients in New Zealand um, I have a client in Asia um, and in other parts of Australia so that's you know there's a sort of this part of the globe um, is easy to work with but what happened was I just worked with I worked with people who were local so I would go into their their office I would go into and do some work in their actual physical site um, and it was as I built that and then as the technology has improved so my very first coaching calls that were done online would have been done with Skype um, and Skype of course is somewhat unreliable now um, zoom has come along and makes it just so easy to coach uh, coaching was either on the phone as um, you know as you become able to have those conversations but that was of course quite expensive zoom has made a huge difference to this sort of um, to, you know being able to mm -hmm. access and the other thing that um, so things like Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups and you know these platforms that we use to communicate with communities of people is that's how I've become known like this person who I spoke to yesterday I had no idea she'd been following me for two for two years she's not on any of my email lists she's not like she's just aware of who I am so I think that's very important for people to remember as they're you know growing their profile is that there are probably people watching who maybe never interact with your posts who never interact with what you're saying and I do have people say to me Oh, I saw that on LinkedIn, but I'm in my job and I don't want anyone to get the idea that I'm thinking about a side hustle or starting a business. So, you know, I can't, I can't like anything that you're saying, but I love what you're doing. So, you know, I guess that's where in the last four or five years that's really shifted how we can reach a world community. Yes, absolutely. I had a lovely uh, scenario a couple of years ago. I went to a, a local sort of business conference exhibition and uh was to, went up to talk to somebody that i knew and she was talking to somebody else who i didn't know and she had to dash off so she sort of introduced us and then then ran off and uh, and he, he was like hang on you're you're joe dodds i was like yeah thinking this is odd he seems to know who i am and he was like oh my god i'm so pleased to meet you and i was like uh hello yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he said when i used to do social media like back in the day sort of 2009 sort of time apparently he'd followed along with everything I did and I'd completely inspired him to start a social media management business um, and he'd been in business for like now six or seven years or something and he wanted to thank me for being his um uh oh no like inspiration I can't think yeah. what other word to use but this is completely Isn't that lovely exactly and you think oh you touch people's lives and they don't and you don't even ever get to know yeah and you know I had a I, I love that because I remember years ago when I used to facilitate a workshop um, in this corporation that I worked for and we did two programs two two-day programs a week and we there were 30 something people in every group so over a period of a month so over a period of a couple of months that's a lot of people that you get to meet and it's impossible to remember every single person who you meet in that circumstance even though it is two days and you know you do try to connect with the people in the room and I used to have people come to me two or three years later I'd be walking through an airport or I'd be working in a particular part of the company it was the airline and people would say oh Ingrid you changed my life and you think wow 
And, yes. you know, that's given me a real sense of responsibility about what I do today. You know, whether I'm facilitating a workshop or, you know, I speak at conferences, I'm speaking at two conferences this year in the US related to the health and fitness industry, um, you know, whether whether it's a one-on-one -on -one call, whether it's this conversation with you, Joe, that is going to be listened to by people that we don't even know who they are. And yeah. so it's it's a beautiful sense of responsibility to what I say could just touch, it could just be the next little piece that somebody needs. And same with you, you know, what you've just said there, you worked, you did what you did and there was somebody watching what you were doing and inspired him to create a business. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So you mm. touched on tools that you use so zoom and the, as you say facebook groups linkedin groups and so on what other um technology and and um tools and apps do you do you use it's so funny because i know you were going to ask me that question and i was thinking hmm, what do i use um my mac i have to say i am i everything is here in this little piece of technology that um, just facilitates everything that I do is my Mac. Yeah. Um, you know, it just, everything that I do is there. Um, I use Asana is a, um, a project management tool. Um, it, it helps me keep track of things. Um, A-S-A-N-A, -A, very, very easy to use. Um, it, and I use it for my own things as well. So, you know, if I'm doing something that has 17 steps to it, you know, chances are I could miss one of the steps if I just tried to do it by memory. And sometimes the thing is with tasks that we do or it, we only do it once a month or we only do it every quarter and you can't possibly remember each of the steps. So I find something like Asana very helpful. Yeah. Um, and then, as I said, Zoom is almost um, absolutely needed. Um, and it's funny because... I also use Xero, X-E-R-O, which is an online bookkeeping service. There's MYOB is another one, Mind Your Own Business and QuickBooks. Um, and I, I eventually came to Xero a bit kicking and screaming because it was a bit like my first phone. I had a flip phone for a long time, like right into the early 2000s. And then one day, and I can remember the moment for Xero and I can remember the moment when I went and bought an iPhone, is that the... The inconvenience level was so much greater than whatever this financial cost was of taking it up that I had to make the leap. And I think yeah. the technology just keeps on getting better and better. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I can remember sitting on a bus and thinking, I know there's an email and I'm not going to see it till I get home. If I had a phone, I would see that email because somebody had texted me or, and, and said, I've sent you an email. And because I only had a flip phone, I couldn't see the email. So it was another hour before I got home. And I thought in that nanosecond, I thought, I've got to get an iPhone. I've got to get with the program. And just this year, I went to zero because the same thing happened. Somebody needed me to send an invoice. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to be back to my desk bound computer for another 24 hours the person wants to send me the invoice they'll pay me the money right now and I thought I have to do something so you know the lesson for me is just embrace the technology and and bite the bullet and get on with it mm, yeah absolutely I, I love the examples of, of finding those sort of pain points to, to move <sighs> forward um it's, it's interesting I, I was I was absolutely an anti-apple person for years I, I had Blackberry when they were really you know sort of the, mm. the, the most utilized um 
devices mm. in business sort of thing and I, I was a, a real fan and then I can't I can't actually remember the moment when I did decide to go to a, an iPhone but I went to the iPhone and now it's ridiculous I've I'm, I've got everything I've got the, yeah. the iPad Pro and I've got I've got the MacBook and I'll tell you what when you're saying about it's got everything in it you'll feel my pain when you hear that I dropped it last week in the handbag and smashed the screen well it didn't smash the screen was still all in one piece it was everything that was behind the screen that had gone wrong 430 pounds later it's fixed and I'm very happy to have it back but oh my god PC <laughs> for that well and the thing is I know that at some point this is going to need to be upgraded I can't bear it you know but we have the Apple TV and we have the Apple in the house and we have yeah. you know like we are we're and and here's a really interesting thing when we think about starting a business like all of us use Apple but in the 90s and I remember this because I'm old enough to remember what was happening in the 90s Apple was those colored bubbles it was it was definitely a niche that was not yeah. all of us and so you know I think anyone who's frightened of choosing a niche in their business right now choose that niche and be the best you can be at it because somewhere down the track you may in fact be apple but you cannot be apple right now go back to the early 90s and apple only was for a particular tiny niche of people yeah yeah absolutely which is why people like me were fighting so much to not <laughs> Not to go down that route, but now I've finally succumbed. <laughs> yeah, I never had a BlackBerry. I never had a little flip phone. Actually, I don't even know if it was a flip phone. It was just a phone. It was just a thing. <laughs> I, love that. I had a landline. I had a landline for so long. It wasn't funny. So yeah. I was thinking I'm um, house and dog sitting um, for my friend at the moment, who's actually in Australia, and uh, she. Um, I realised doesn't have a landline because they moved into their house a couple of years ago. So they were, you know, it was in a time when you wouldn't bother having one installed. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Whereas we have one that I never use because I mm. like you know, I use my mobile phone all the time. But we have one just because we did. And you do. <laughs> yeah, we don't have one either. We moved last year and we don't have one either. Mm. No, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, I just wonder, wonder if we're not going to move. Will there be a time when we decide not to have it anymore? But then I do sometimes get phone calls. I, I, in fact, I was having that very thought this morning, funny, that it's sort of cropped up, that um, our French friends, she's 85, she does phone the landline and never phones the mobile and I'm never in. <laughs> she speak to me first time. <laughs> and um, and my my husband's auntie keeps phoning me and, and saying Valerie, which is my mother-in-law, um, and I'm like, you've rung the wrong number again, haven't you? <laughs> and <laughs> our numbers are right next to each other in her address book, so every time she rings me instead of next door, so I probably ought to get rid of the number, and then it forced them into another action on that pain point that we were just talking about. <laughs> so, Joe, I'm curious. When it rings, do you wonder what the noise is? Like, you go, what is that? Uh, no, because I immediately know. Off quite a lot we still get all those like rubbish sales calls and stuff I just oh, never yes. them, so I do hear it but you're right there is I've got quite a, an interesting ring and then our front doorbell has a, an interesting ring as well and occasionally I get confused as to which is which so that's obviously I've not quite sussed it yet but but then I've got it all set up so that the doorbell only rings in at the front door and in the sitting room which is next to my office and down in the kitchen because that's like in the kitchen, you need it really loud. But in my office, I don't want it to ring because I don't want it to interrupt podcasts and things because I used to switch it off for a podcast yep. and then switch it back on again. So of course, I've got that yeah. set up and the doorbell will set up. So nothing interrupts me in my room now. So actually, 
when it does ring, I'm never in my office because I can't hear it from there. So yeah, I probably do <laughs> wonder what it is when I'm in the kitchen. <laughs> what is that strange noise? <laughs> And then of course I don't have my mobile switch to ring anyway. So like you know when you go to the cinema and people and it says, you know, switch your mobile phones off. I never do because mine never rings anyway. And then my husband's always saying, Well, how do you know to answer the phone? I'm like, Well, generally I don't. <laughs> but when I'm at my desk, it's in front of me, I can see it ringing. Or if I'm on it at the time, obviously I can see it ringing. But yeah, if it's in so the room, sounds that sounds to me like that's a secret to you staying relaxed having a nice lifestyle is that having that phone turned down so that it doesn't interrupt you sounds like part of your lifestyle strategy. Absolutely. I don't like really talking on the phone, although, you know, these sorts of conversations, you know, is fine. I, I you know, I enjoy it. I, I can do it. No problem whatsoever, but I don't like sort of um, unexpected phone calls. So um, I, yeah, so I don't like to hear the ringer and I don't like to feel obliged to answer it. Um, and generally I don't it's only when I'm expecting a call you know when I'm waiting for something specific that that uh, I have to switch it on or I just keep looking at my phone every five seconds which is obviously not very relaxing <laughs> that's not very productive either no exactly but I'm not saying I give out business cards and things and people always expect there's going to be my phone number on it but I don't put that on it so that they can't phone me without me knowing that's hilarious so what's on your business card Joe? Uh, good question. It uh, tells you about my membership site and who's it, who it's for and my name and my, um, I think it's got my picture on actually. And then on the back, it's got a beautiful photo and I have a different photo on the back of every card so people can choose the card that they want. And uh, so it has, it's a big talking point actually, even though it doesn't actually give them my phone number, but it does give them my email address. That's what I'd like them to do. Communicate Which is with me probably enough. It's, it's interesting because I currently don't have any business cards and I actually can't see the point in getting any, to be honest, because I oh. don't feel that I ever give them to anybody. If I'm somewhere, I tend to use LinkedIn and say, oh, let's just find each other on LinkedIn or yes. send me an email at this or, you know, go to my website. Yeah, it's yes. funny, the yes. whole business card, yeah. Well, I haven't had any for years and I changed what I did in the meantime and everything else. So it's only because, uh, as I mentioned to you before we came on, I've started to... Uh, go out networking in real life um, again and some of the networking groups I go to are those ones where you have to pass your cards round and everyone oh, takes yes. them um, oh, yes. so it's quite traditional and not as you say what you'd sort of think we do now but that is what they do um, and so that's why I've got them and as I say having the pictures is, is really helpful because it does sort of give a bit of a talking point as well and also you know if you are at one of those events where they say oh can I take your card I've got a little box and I open it and it spans the cards out so you can see they're oh. all different. And I say, pick a card, any card. Oh, I might have to get one you. of those. That sounds like my sort of business cards. They are going who wants which one and which which particular landscape they're after. And then all the pictures are my pictures so I can tell them where I took the picture. So they're actually your photos. Thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's uh, cool. cool. So, uh, we've talked about tools and apps job done getting your work done um how do you make sure you do what you do do you use a, a, a to-do list do you use pen and paper have you got an app for it 
Well, I've got a little bit of a combination. So I have my year mapped out. I, I have sort of a couple of big projects that I'm working on, um, some conferences that I'm going to, that I'm going to attend or that I'm going to speak at. Um, but week to week, I map out my week with a piece of paper and, and coloured pens. Um, I, it, it just seems to work for me. Uh, it's so what the appointments that can't shift so something that's already so like this conference call like this um zoom call to have the podcast interview was locked in for this particular time and then i have my work that i do around that so for the last couple of days i've been working on three new videos that i'm sending out to my community with information for them and so i've had some coaching calls over the last couple of days and i've been fitting that around it and i'm super super strict about timing so I use my timer. So that's kind of another tool that I use. Every telephone has got a timer in it. And I set my timer for two hours, for five minutes, for 40 minutes, whatever I want to do. So if I just want to quickly go into LinkedIn and make some comments and, and check what's going on, I might set the timer for five minutes and I'll spend five minutes doing that. Otherwise, I would be an hour later you know, still yeah. down a rabbit hole, reading something, watching a video and ultimately, you know, watching a cat video somewhere on YouTube and I don't even know how I would get out of LinkedIn to that but somehow I would. So I'm pretty strict about my timing on those sorts of things. So every morning I do a little bit of LinkedIn, a little bit of Facebook and then I have my appointments for the day and, you know, yesterday, Monday, I had no appointments and I spent the whole day working on the presentations, putting the PowerPoints together, recording the presentations um, without interruptions, phone off, you know, cats locked in their rooms, complete peace and quiet so I could f focus on doing that because by the end of the day I wanted to have a certain amount of that completed. So, yeah. And then there's other days when I'm just not able to, you know, like I just either don't feel particularly like it or I'm not feeling 100% well or it's too hot. Um, and, you know, I, I, I interviewed somebody recently who said that on those sort of days they like to check the, um, the, the, the missing links on their website. Joe, was that you? I think that was you. <laughs> He said on those horrible days, they just go, oh, I'll just check the dead links on my website because I just don't feel like doing anything else. And I just think that's such a great way of describing the sort of the dreary task that you'll do on a, you know, for an hour or two where you just don't feel like doing anything else. So, you know, but most of the time in the time that I use, I'm pretty rigorous about how I spend that because I want to have other time to do other things. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so important, isn't it? In that, what we do absolutely could expand to fit all the time absolutely that we have available mm. don't have available mm. Mm. <laughs> I, i'm still laughing at what you said about um putting things in your diary and having them at you know set times and, and being very specific and you use this podcast as an example because i i had it in my diary too we just didn't have it at the same time did we <laughs> <laughs> well that's yeah that's that's a time zone thing <laughs> it's more glitch in our system at both ends but it didn't quite tie up to begin with but we're here now so that's good we're here now yeah brilliant and do you have other people that help you at all well i do um so i've i've always had someone else doing my accounts um i'm although i was a trained accountant i've always had an outside accountant and i uh, 
I, I do some of the basic bookkeeping and then they just take care of that. I have a, an incredibly good VA who um, edits a lot of my newsletters and any of the articles that I write. She's got a very good eye for detail and also she's got a good sense of um, how things should sound and she quite often, you know, cuts words out or moves things around a little bit. So, And then I have other VAs who do some of the nitty-gritty like the website uploads and social media posts. And I think what I've discovered over time is that it's important to have different people to do the different things that need to be done because one person can't do everything. So the person who's really good at editing, to get them to do the nitty-gritty, tedious stuff is not the best use of their talent. And the person who can do that, you know, uploading and SEO and, you know, those things, they may not have the editing skills. So let's find people to do what people can do best um, so yes yeah, so I have I have a little tribe of people doing things to help me mm, that's, that's really how I run it as well I knew, yeah. I knew we got on well <laughs> but you know I was doing everything myself for a long time um, and I had a session with one of my most trusted mentors probably about two years ago and we were talking about you know, growing the business and what I wanted to do and how I wanted to be able to impact more people and take my message out. And he said to me, you know, you need a team. You cannot do this on your own. If you're doing all of those things, then what are you not doing? And so I'm building that team. Um, yeah. it, it took a little while because, you know, here's the thing, Joe, and maybe this happens to you and it certainly happens to all of the clients I work with. We get into business to do our own thing, to be our own boss, to write our own schedule, all those things. And really no one else can do anything as well as we can. Like that's why we're doing what we're doing. And so it's important to let some of that go and let people do the stuff the way they do it with the guidelines and the systems and processes from us. Otherwise, the business doesn't grow. No, no, exactly. It's funny. I talk a lot about outsourcing and how mm. you sort of end up with a bottleneck if you don't do it and, mm -hmm. and actually creating the processes and, and training the people or finding the right people. The process of actually outsourcing is a, a sort of, whole issue in itself because it's quite hard to do that sometimes but mm -hmm. once you've done it mm -hmm. the, the sort of relief I, mean, I think some of the things that my VAs do for me that I um I can't even remember much about it in fact I was having a conversation with Ellie my daughter the other day um because she was doing some work for me and I kept reminding her about it and we had you know we came to blow not blows <laughs> we were arguing a bit and she in the end she said to me she said, oh, you really nag. You just like nagging, don't you? She's 13, let's not forget. And, mm -hmm. and, I, and I suddenly thought to her, I said, you know what? I said, that is not actually true. I said, I was reflecting only this morning that I've got three different VAs doing different things for me in my business. I said, and I never um, nag them. I never ask them if they've done it or when they're going to do it because they all know what they've got to do and they've all got their routines and deadlines and they just get on and do it. And I said, mm -hmm. you know, the... The, the, in fact I said today I went to do something and I couldn't remember if I was supposed to do it or if my VA does it <laughs> because I know she's at the end of the process but I couldn't remember if that I was supposed to do the bit at the beginning and I sent her a message and she said oh no no I can do the bit all the way through but it's fine I picked up where you left off and I was like oh, okay thanks for clarifying and I thought how hilarious that I've got somebody working for me who knows more about what she's doing than I do <laughs> Yeah. because I'm still just to get on with it but I thought it was interesting you know that Ellie was saying oh you can't stop you know going on it's like well only if I don't trust the person 
to do the things yes. that we to do when they're supposed to do them. And actually, if you've got people you trust, what a relief it is, you know. It's totally. And, you know, when I was um, working in accounting manufacturing, we did um, some Six Sigma, um, some process systems design work. And mm. that taught me a lot about how to set up processes and systems. And if you have a really clear system, if you know how you do something, then you can pass that on to somebody else. And that's that double-edged sword for so many people who start their own business is that they actually don't want to have to have systems they don't want to have to put in the rigor of having processes because yeah. that's what they've escaped from if they've been in a corporate world if they've never actually worked in a corporate world or they never actually worked for a company that had systems then they don't really understand what they are and the benefits of them but you know one of my favorite things when I start working with people about creating a system is to put together a flow chart for making a cup of tea and it's amazing you know, like you make a cup of tea or a pot of tea. And it's amazing how many people forget to say boil the water. And so you yeah. end up with a beautifully perfect pot of cold oh, tea. Yeah. And that's what happens when we pass on tasks to other people. We actually forget some of the most critical steps because they're, duh, the obvious one, like boil the kettle. But if you've never had tea, you don't know that it's meant to be hot. No. So when you're doing a Facebook post or when you're doing um, booking a podcast or when you're doing anything, if you've never done it before and you don't know what's expected by that person, then every single step of the process has to be articulated. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that's very difficult when they're outsourcing things. And what does that look like when it's finished? You know, what does good look like or what does the outcome look like when you're mm. actually finished? The other thing is about the why. I had an example with one of my VAs recently um, who is, is very good at following instructions but is actually quite um, sort of literal with it. You know, she does what, what she's been told sort of thing. And, and I don't always remember to explain the why. And in this case, she was posting my podcast blog onto LinkedIn. And she sent me a message to say she'd done it but that the audio embed hadn't worked. And so I, <laughs> actually, in future, if it doesn't, please, can you tell me beforehand, don't post it, because the whole point is the audio is like the key part of that. But because she published all the words, she, you know, she saw that as sort of two thirds of the job was fine. Therefore, she could sort of tick it off and just let me know that there was an issue. But obviously, because I'd never really explained the purpose of why I was asking her to put it there and that it was all about the audio and the words are just peripheral, really. Um she didn't understand, you know, the, the relative importance of it. And it, it was a reminder to me of the fact that I've got to throw the why in as well as the, the what to enable yeah, them to make decisions a, when things go wrong. A beautiful example of how easily um, we can just leave out one teeny piece and it just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful example, Jo. <laughs> so it was a silent yes. post. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And, uh, and I, you know, you sort of think, oh, but surely that's obvious. But as I say, it's two, mm -hmm. two elements of, of a process that are, are just two elements in her head, you know, because I hadn't explained why we were doing it. It was mm. just two things and one of the things worked and one of the things didn't sort of thing. So, yeah, it was a real um, reminder. And I think, that you know, yeah. like you raised something that's very important for us when we're outsourcing to VAs. So for a lot of people in Australia, the VA is probably in another time zone. So, you know, asking the question doesn't get a quick response. You know, the chances are the person's in another time zone. They're probably from another nationality 
And that probably means that the language that they speak as their first language is not English, although their English command is very good. Yeah. And, and I mean all of this enormously respectfully, but, you know, and, and maybe they've never actually worked with a business exactly like yours. You know, maybe they are working in this environment as a VA and maybe they've never worked with real estate people before or they've never worked with motivational coaches or they've never worked with chiropractors or whoever it is that's hiring them. And so there's all these reasons why what you're giving them is unique mm. and so it's super important to articulate a LinkedIn post has words and audio you know yes. so we but it's so easy for us to think that everyone knows what we do yeah yeah and they often yeah. don't mm. no exactly yeah so what about um looking after yourself you did touch briefly on how you sometimes sort of flex what you do to how you're feeling you talked about you know if you're too hot or whatever you might choose not to do something and you won't do your broken links on your website that's just me (laughs) (laughs) um what do you do to to keep yourself energized and and fit to to run your business well i'm i'm pretty healthy um i have a i have a a pretty good energy like I don't even know where that I think it's genetic I think that's where that comes from and I remember years ago I borrowed a book I think Deepak Chopra had written a book about how to have more energy and I had taken it to work and my boss confiscated it. he said Ingrid you've got more than enough energy thanks very much we don't need you coming in here with more energy than you've already got so I think I've always had a good energy um I sleep well, I eat well, um, I don't eat a lot of sugar. I, I Some years ago, I, I guess I discovered that sugar and I didn't really have a good relationship. So this was some time before the whole anti-sugar. Um, but put me in front of a plate of corn chips and I'll, I'll help devour those without any trouble whatsoever. But so I avoid, um, I avoid sugar. Um, towards the end of last year, I reduced alcohol. Um, and I found I have found that's made a big difference as well in terms of my clarity of thinking, in terms of how I think and sleep, and how I wake up in the morning. Um, I exercise every day, whether that's walking or you know Pilates or yoga. We get to the beach at the weekend. We don't live very far from the beach. Can't go during the week, but we certainly do at the weekends. Like-minded people, and it was interesting because I was thinking about this question when I was preparing for this um, interview. And I was starting to think that I avoid people who aren't like-minded in terms of positive and, and it's not that I even avoid people. I don't have any truly negative people in my life. I don't even think they're attracted. They just, I don't know, maybe they're there and I just don't know or I don't see that aspect of them. But I feel like that people that surround me have the same level of energy. They care about the planet. They care about each other. We care about animals. We, you know, like... We, we just have that sense of it's it's a good place to be. And I have cats. I think cats make a difference to life in terms of we have we have a couple of different personalities and you know, spending time with them is always healing and helpful and they're just so what they are. They're delightful, yeah. you know. Yeah. And they take you you take them and they take you as you come. So, you know, and, and the beach is important, water makes me feel good. I have this lovely ritual in the afternoon. I make a cup of tea after lunch and I just that whole ritual of making tea is relaxing. And I and I look for joy in little things, you know, like taking the time 
to appreciate raindrops or blue sky or to see flowers or, you know, like I think those little things just add up to make us feel happier. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. There's, there's such a sort of talk around sort of mindfulness and, and all that sort of thing. Mm. And, and actually, I, I do make a conscious effort, a bit like you've just said, to, to be in the moment of things, um, you know, like a lot of the time with, with Ellie, because, you know, she's growing up, mm. she's not really around at this age for much longer, all that sort of thing. Mm. I, you know, if things are going well, I, I keep sort of appreciating that. And I don't know if mm. we're in the middle of a, I don't know if I'm singing in Canterbury Cathedral as I do, or if I'm in the middle of a family scenario where we've gone on a trip somewhere or whatever, I do try and sort of remember, look and be really aware of, of the fact that I'm enjoying it because quite often mm. it passes by. And I think mm. that all those things you say do add up to make, make life feel better, don't they? Mm. And I'm so grateful for the life that I have. You know, I live in one of the best countries in the world. You know, I, I've worked hard in my 20s and 30s to have what I have today. Um, yeah, and I, I love the work that I do with the clients that I work with. So I'm, I feel blessed and I'm healthy. You know, I mean, everything doesn't work quite as well as it did 10 years ago. But, you know, I'm <laughs> – and I believe the next 10 years are going to be even more interesting. But, you know, like I'm healthy and everything works. And, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very grateful for everything that we yeah. have. Yeah. And what about um, learning and improving yourself? How do you keep things moving forwards? I think I'm a bit of a learning junkie. I think <laughs> if I look back, you know, those dots that I want to join back there, I was always intrigued by things. I always wanted to understand how things worked. So today, podcasts are wonderful. I think this is, you know, um, I've written an article recently about podcasting being the new universities, you know, that it doesn't matter so much if you don't get into university to do a lot of things. There's so much information. I guess if you want to be a brain surgeon, you have to go and learn brain surgery and certain things you probably do need to learn properly. But there's so much of what we do. To have done that. <laughs> <laughs> or my, yeah, or my, um, my plane, my flight, my pilot. Oh, yeah, we want those guys to do it properly too. <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot that we can just learn from uh, being around. So podcasts, um, you know, there's a couple that I really like. Yours is a fabulous one now that I've found you. Um, John Lee Dumas with The Entrepreneur on Fire. I've been listening to him since pretty much the beginning of his show. And I was fortunate enough to be interviewed on his show, episode yep. 1788. Um I really like Ali Brown. She's a American, has a podcast called Glambition. Um, it's a terrific Australian podcast called Flying Solo, um, which is for solopreneurs, and they have a terrific range of guests. But I dip in and out now. I used to be much more dedicated to a particular podcast, but there's so many fabulous ones. Yeah. sort of dipping in and out. Books I love to read. Um, I've just finished reading You're Not Listening by Kate Murphy, which was very interesting. Um, biographies give me inspiration. I like to read the weekend papers. So I just sort of skim through some of those. There just isn't enough time in the day for all the learning. I guess That's I've just always got my antenna tweaked. Yeah, I just I love to know what's going on and I, I'm kind of curious and I, I, I stay attuned to information. Yes, and I think that's what makes us good business owners and coaches. I think you're right, yeah. And and to sort of, I think, to go back to your question about well-being and, and relaxing, 
if I'm so cluttered with what I'm doing, I can't see things. I often feel like I can see trends or I can see things happening as they're happening. So I wrote my book, So You Want to Start a Business, five years ago when it was just the beginning of people wanting to start businesses, whereas today, you know, just about everybody wants to start a business. And that's terrific. Um, so I feel, you know, there's a few times in my life where I feel like I've seen a change of trend and you can only do that when you're alert and aware and informed but also have the headspace to, to be able to be creative or to be able to see things. Yes, yeah. So last couple of questions. First one is what about when it all goes horribly wrong? If you have a, a bad day and things aren't going right, how do you deal with that? Well, my response to that was it happens all the time, actually, because it's such a terrific question because I, it's an arrogance to think that my definition of right is the only definition of right, that there are many solutions. So, you know, if what I thought was going to happen doesn't happen, then I just have to pick myself up, dust myself off and carry on. And sometimes that's easier than others. Um, and it mm. depends on how crushing it is. Um, and sometimes it's crushing. And But, you know, I think one of the tricks is not to take it personally. I heard a very senior person um, asked recently about something that was going on. And he said, well, I'm not taking it personally. Why would I? And I thought to myself, wow, yeah. if you're responsible for that and you're not taking it personally, why do I take every tiny little thing that happens so personally? That was a really, it was only recently. And I remember thinking that's so amazing that somebody who we all thought ought to have been taking something a little more, you know, personally didn't. Um, so it's good to be reminded that things not necessarily are personal. Yeah. And just yeah. carry on, you know, that, mm -hmm. and that, the way we think it's going to turn out. And, you know, in the truth, if I think back over my life, if things haven't gone well, something better has come out of it. Yeah. And you have to trust the universe sometimes that that's just that there's a better plan. Mm -hmm. I was listening to a podcast the other day, a um, couple of ladies um, from Scotland who, one of them I, I know, it's called Remarkable Women, and they talk about when you have something go terribly wrong in your life, they call it a masterclass as a way of mm. Um, mm. sort of you know repositioning it. That as you say, whatever goes wrong, there is always some learning to come from it, and and quite often things in the end will be better. That you just don't realise that at the time. Yeah, so. that's wonderful. I love that. Yeah, mm. might have to borrow that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, okay, and so the last one is um, those days when you get to live more. So that's where you get to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do? What, what do those days look like for you? You know, I loved this question. When I was preparing for it, I was at, because I thought, wow, what does that really mean? And it had me thinking about a question that I was asked on another podcast. Um, Sam Harris has a podcast called Growth Mindset. And he asks guests about kindness, about being kind. And I think there's something in your question that goes to this for me. So to live more is tied up with kindness and genuine kindness, that idea of um, not doing kindness because you want something back for it, but that, that notion of being kind in an activity. So for me, a day where I have lived more is a day where I've been able to be kind. And, you know, is that rescuing a butterfly? Is that 
you know, whatever it is, you know, it, it's just some act of kindness. And I think that's the ability to live more. Lovely. I love that question for many reasons. Obviously, mm. I, you know, ask it. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the main reasons is how, how many different sort of nuances to the answers that, that I've had over the years. I mean, this is, this will be show number, I don't know, 150 something. And, uh, and nearly every answer is, is, is different. And you sort of, um, the fact that, that it can nuance so much is, I think, part of it. But uh, yeah, I absolutely love that. Thank you. Mm, so, thank you. Uh, thank you for asking yeah. it because it really is a lovely question. And uh, it, it just brings to how we live our lives is different for everybody, isn't it? As you say, yeah. everybody's got a different answer to that one. Mm. Yeah. The whole thing about, you know, living more, that is the point. It's about what what works for you, you know, what what is important to you and making sure that your life sort of fits with that and, and not, you know, some people spend their lives trying to do things that suit other people and, you know, that clearly isn't living more for that particular individual. Mm. It is, yeah. So Ingrid, tell people how they can find out more about you and connect with you. So I LinkedIn is great. I love um, connecting with people on LinkedIn. So Ingrid Thompson on LinkedIn. I have a website called um, Ingrid, uh, Ingrid Thompson, healthynumbers.com.au because I'm in Australia. That's um, another great way to, con um, to connect with me. If anybody had a particular question or something I want to say, Ingrid at healthynumbers.com.au is an email address. I listen to, I, I answer all my own emails. You can tell it's starting to get a bit late for me. Um, and I have a podcast called So You Want to Start a Business. So I wrote a book called So You Want to Start a Business and I have a podcast but um, I think you know LinkedIn is a great place to reach out or directly on an email and if you just want to check out what I'm all about my healthynumbers.com.au is the website lovely thank you so much Ingrid as expected it's been a really lovely conversation so um, it was worth me getting up earlier than normal Oh, Joe, thanks so much for the opportunity. And honestly, the, for the listeners, I wish you all the very best in your endeavours, whatever that is. Whatever living your life fully is for you, do it. Like just, yeah, make the most of every single day. All this information is available in the show notes. If you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 153, then you'll find them there. And this week, I want to again just say I hope you're keeping well in this strange situation. We had a little celebration on Saturday afternoon because we had done our 14 days in isolation and we were able to, as a result, get together with Granny, my mother-in-law who lives next door. And uh, so we uh, had dinner together and celebrated the fact that now we are a family unit to are isolating rather than doing it separately. Uh, to make sure that we were okay and uh, so it's been an interesting week I think I'm getting into a bit of a routine and getting things in order if you like and and feeling like I know what I'm doing and I'm, I'm less uh, confused as to what I'm doing and how things are working and everything else I don't know if anyone else is starting to feel that we've been in lockdown now in our house for nearly three weeks I guess and Simon's been working from home for another week so it's sort of four weeks really that we've 
been in that situation. So I guess um, things are starting to settle a bit. Of course, we've got Easter coming this weekend. And I do hope that you've managed to have a sort of difference in your life between weekdays and weekends to help Easter to seem like something special and different. I guess uh, in the future we'll be looking back and saying that Easter 2020 was special and different uh, for reasons that we weren't quite expecting. And I just want to reflect on the business side of things this week about outsourcing. I had a message from one of my VAs who's based in the Philippines earlier in the week to say, in fact, at the end of last week, uh, to say that she wasn't feeling well and she didn't know she could pull the final podcast uh, work together, which wasn't a problem. And I said, no worries, uh, I'll step in. Obviously, you know, get better. Hope it's something, you know, other than what's going around the world at the moment and uh, so that was fine I did the podcast and got that published and then it dawned on me on the Saturday I think that there were a number of other tasks that Ella does for me that obviously she now couldn't do and I'd sort of forgotten because these things just run like clockwork I started outsourcing a good few years ago now and the systems are up and running and they just happen so I don't really have to think each week about what my three VAs are going to do they just get on and do it and so I was slightly traumatized I have to admit on Saturday realizing that there are three or four other tasks that needed doing that I hadn't actually thought about but then I remembered that in my wisdom when I outsourced the the tasks I actually created a whole process in Evernote which is one of the tools that I use for keeping notes and information safe and I'd created a whole process in there which I link to in the to-do list app that I use so I use Todoist and I have a team version of that and I share some tasks with Ella in that and as part of sharing those tasks I actually share a link to the Evernote note that explains how to do those tasks. So I was mightily relieved when I remembered that I had these tasks to now do that I actually also had a way of accessing my original instructions <laughs> so that I just had to follow the instructions rather than try and work out what it was I was supposed to be doing. Uh, so um, I, I had a sort of a, a thing where I'd planned ahead for future me <laughs> to be able to do stuff without worrying and not understanding and, and so on. So, uh, you know, all that sort of work I did at the beginning, setting up the outsourcing and making it really clear for Ella in terms of what she needed to do, obviously paid off in dividends to me now, years later, when I've actually had to pick up that work for this week and uh, had all that stuff laid out for me to make it much easier. Uh, hopefully she's feeling better this week and she will pick those tasks up again. If not, obviously I can do it. I've still got that information available and I could actually get one of the other VAs to do it because it is that clear that they could just follow it the same as I did as well. So if you are outsourcing and you haven't got what I call sort of standard operating procedures, written down for the tasks that you're outsourcing then I'd really recommend it because it can really help if you have to step in or get somebody else to do those tasks at the last minute and if you haven't thought about outsourcing yet then now would be a really good time to do that there's always a lot of people who are looking for this sort of work uh, who work from home and work online clearly we're in a situation where there's even more people with those skills who are currently at home and um, potentially looking for work. So if you have been thinking about outsourcing any of the work that you do and you're lucky enough to 
still be doing it in the current climate, then uh, do consider outsourcing and thinking about how you'd put some instructions together to be able to explain to somebody how to do that for you. Uh, if you do need any help with that, then please do let me know. Drop me a line, joe at powertolivemore.com. And I don't think I've said for a few weeks uh, or reminded you about my membership site, which is Power to Live More Calm, which is for home-based coaches and consultants to help you to be able to run a successful business, but also to get to live more. So if you are looking for that sort of support or indeed if you know anybody uh, who is looking to perhaps start a business or they have a business and they're not uh, running it in the way that they'd like to or they're not feeling like it's working so well for them and they'd like some support then please do send them to powertolivemore.com forward slash get calm to find out more about what I do and how I can help them. Please do have a good Easter weekend and make the most of whatever situation that you're in. Uh, really hope that you're well and that you do have the opportunity to enjoy the weekend with your family. And as ever, the show notes are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 153. And we look forward to speaking to you next week. Use your power to live more. 